Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Some time ago, I had lunch with the CEO of a well-known company in the city of London. He told me that every time he goes to a dinner party, he turns to the guests on either side of him and offers unsolicited feedback on the quality of their conversation during the meal. So he might tell someone that while he'd enjoyed listening to their views on the Chilcot inquiry, they could have made more eye contact and asked him a few questions. Or that although he was interested to hear about the choice of schools for their children, they could have kept it briefer and been a bit less boastful. When he told me this, I was shocked. How vulgar, I thought. Yet every time I've been out to dinner and sat next to people who were not pulling their weight... I've thought about him and wished that I was brave enough to offer tips on how they could improve. Last Monday night, I was at a large formal function and sat next to a senior banker. He was an intelligent and had a nice smile. And despite the depressing nature of our conversation, death of newspapers, I thought we were getting on rather well. When coffee had been dispatched, his wife came up to him and asked if he was ready to leave. I'm desperate to go, he declared loudly. Because I'd had rather more alcohol than was wise on a Monday night, I found myself telling him that this was incredibly rude, that until that point I'd enjoyed his company, but now the effect was spoiled. This, I decided, was perfect feedback. It was spontaneous and heartfelt and specific, delivered in real time, eyeball to eyeball. Judging by the expression on his face, I'm pretty sure it hit home. Earlier on that very evening, I'd given some rather less perfect feedback. I'd been getting ready to go out when a man appeared on the doorstep with a clipboard, trying to raise money for a homeless charity. He was a bit pathetic, so I asked him in. Agonisingly slowly, he filled in the standing order forms, and when he had done, he had fished out another set of much longer ones. Would I mind giving some feedback? He insisted it wouldn't take long, and so I ploughed through two pages of questions – How well informed did you feel about the charity? How polite was he? I ticked a few boxes, more or less at random, and sent him on his way. This exercise destroyed any virtuous glow I might have felt and was utterly useless. The only relevant information about a fundraiser is whether he raises funds, and this particular man had just hit a rather meagre jackpot. Feedback is a bad word, and it's a bad business. There's no longer any transaction or any business relationship that does not require feedback. I'm endlessly invited to fill in long forms to describe my feelings towards my employers, my colleagues, my children's headmaster, the board of the company where I'm a non-exec, and towards the man who's just unblocked the drain. Feedback forms are hopeless because the wrong questions are asked at the wrong time to people who are generally in no frame of mind to answer them properly, and then they're filed away the main action being that pie charts are drawn to depict the results. Feedback matters because it's useful to discover what other people think. Unfortunately, there's no formulaic way of finding this out. The only way is to do it spontaneously. The best people at giving spontaneous feedback are one's teenage children. 
Not all of their feedback is of obvious practical use. You're a bitch does not help you stop being one. But teenagers are invaluable when it comes to telling you that your voice sounds insincere or that the new dress you've bought looks hideous. Whereas nothing has ever changed as a result of any box I've ever ticked on any form, thanks to teenage feedback, I've given the dress away and try to sound more genuine. The problem with adopting the teenage model of feedback at work is fear. We don't speak out because we're afraid, and often with reason. But a company in which people are afraid to speak their minds is not going to be helped by any feedback forms sent out by HR either. The problem with adopting it at dinner parties is manners. Yet this is misguided. If you accept an invitation to dinner, you're entering into a contract that says, I'm being fed, and in return I'm going to try hard to be interesting and interested. To the extent to which people do not honour their contracts, they should firmly be told. To give feedback is not rude or vulgar. It's a public service. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com.